Hello and welcome to Sophist Symposium. We're your hosts. I'm Doug Daffin. I'm Chris Fenneman. And I'm Andrew Parks. Uh, we're bringing Andrew Parks in for a second round of Sophist Symposium. Is it only twice now? This twice. is the second this is time we've only had the second him. Time? I'm shocked you'll have me back. I... <laughs> he's he's tied with Zach now. How did we make a mistake? We've had we've now? had five guest episodes and three guests. We're actually pretty bad at guest diversity so far, but we'll work on that. I like to think of myself as diverse. <laughs> Mr. Parks has a diverse background. Okay, this is about. Well, I don't want to get into it. Anyway, I, I was just yeah. So welcome to Sophist Symposium. Um, this is the bad drunk philosophy show. Um, okay. Generally, we talk about, uh... I don't know if we've ever been that blunt about it before. <laughs> yeah, well, if people haven't realized that by now, um, then they haven't been listening that well. Okay. You and, probably just increased your listenership, honestly, by saying that. You know, people relate, but please continue. It's a much, yeah, yeah it's a much better... I'm a terrible guest, I'm interrupting. I don't know, no, come on. No, that's All right. fine. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is Sophist Symposium. The way we work is... We have a vaguely philosophical topic that we talk about, and we have a drinking game while we talk about it. Um, and if we ever break the rule of the drinking game, then we drink. Um, Chris, what's our drink of the night? All right, well, we're drinking Devil's Backbone again, which is like most of what I bring to the show. But I have two excuses for it. The first is that I didn't get out of my mock trial practice today until 9 o'clock, which meant I couldn't. I couldn't go to the liquor store and get what I wanted to bring. The second reason is now we know how to actually drink beer. Thanks to that one beer sommelier who changed the world with his one viral video. And if you could explain that viral video for So here's the thing. Here's the guy. It's the guy. It's made it. It's made the rounds. Basically, he's like, if you're drinking beer out of a can or out of a bottle, you're doing a bad thing to yourself. What you're doing is because most beer is carbonated, reasonably carbonated, that means that the can or the bottle, as it's just sitting, is full of carbonation and a whole lot of gas. And if you just drink it straight out of the can or the bottle and you don't break, quote-unquote, the beer into a glass, all of that gas will just get released into your stomach. So then you feel bloated and tired and uncomfortable after drinking beer instead of being in a good mood. You don't feel that way normally? I, well... No, usually when I have too many beers, I do feel bad about it afterwards because I'm not doing it right. So now I've learned to do it right. You should pour it into a glass. You shouldn't pour it down the side like every bartender does. You should pour it in straight at first to break the beer, get the little head on it. And then once you've done that, you can pour it normally because now you've broken the beer and you no longer will have a bad time. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the correct way to drink a beer without actually watching the video. All right. That's the most informative thing you'll hear this podcast. Ever. <laughs> now, um, on to our topic. This week, I am I told this to Andrew earlier today when I asked him if he wanted to be a guest, and our topic this week is jurisprudence, in a sense, and I want to talk about, I actually want to conduct this experiment where we build a set of laws from the ground up um, and explain as we're as we're constructing it, like explain our reasoning for these laws for a, a fake state, say um, Ben Daffenstan. Okay. <laughs> Be careful, Ben Daffenstan. <laughs> so Parks is not involved in the formation uh, of this country. Can you throw your name in there somewhere? That's the uh, problem I was having. Um. I, uh. Uh. Let's see. 
been, uh, no, I can't, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'll just be a neighboring state. How's he could that? be, he like, could be I, the first I, president. I, I could be ben Pakistan. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that, that's pretty yeah. good, right? Pakistan's really good. Yeah. Pakistan. Shoot. That's can fantastic. we just name, can we just name the country after our guest? It's just, yeah, it's, actually, yeah, let's, let's, it's Pakistan. I, I don't know. We've had some people from Pakistan download our podcast. Well, then it's funnier. It. We're not making fun of Pakistan. They only downloaded Game of Thrones episode anyways. Let's I mean, go. Yeah. All right. Pakistan. Right. Pakistan. Pakistan. Whatever you want. Pakistan. Okay. Yeah, so let's let's create the rules for Pakistan. Um, but first, the rules for a drinking game. Okay. So my rule is that every time we reference a podcast we had earlier... We take a drink. That's good. What's the name and of that rule? I I forgot what it's <laughs> called, but it's that thing where like when you're reading a law and it references a law earlier in the statute. Supra? Yes. Oh, that's a that's this really the, clever. This is the supra rule. Oh. I was just being a jerk, but you came up with a really clever one. Yeah, so that's that's the drinking game I have. Supra, I like it. Um, Chris, if you could come up with one off the top of your head. On because, the spot in five seconds? Maybe I'll awful. think of one later. I thought Supra was really good. I'll think of one later. So I can't about, just come up with okay, one like that. Okay, let's come up with, then, our second rule will be um, on the, the drinks on the table. And it's every time that we can't decide over a law, and we decide to table it for later... Um, and there's never going to be a later, but we're basically just saying we can't decide. So you had two podcast. great rules. Yeah. yeah. You had two really clever rules. No, I just came up with that one in five seconds on the spot to prove that it's not that hard. I just like to think of them for Are longer. Are you sure we shouldn't go back to Bendafistan? Because you're coming up with a lot of rules over there. No, I still no, think. No, I like, I like Parkland. I want it to be Pakistan. Pakistan. All right. Yeah, all right. Pakistan. All right. Um, all right, so let's begin. And I'd actually like to begin with just a brief discussion about laws um generally i think our entire audience is law students and like well we've known significant others of law students we i depends on what you mean by audience students. i think it's it's demonstrably clear that people listen to this show who are neither because we keep getting podcast downloads from around the world inexplicably yeah. and and for their sake could be law students traveling abroad, to be fair. Right? Could be yeah. law students just yeah. abroad, just hanging and out. For, for the record, Pakistan has a great study abroad program at the University of Texas School of Law. Okay. Uh, How hot are the broads? Year there. Uh, what? How hot are the broads? <laughs> Pretty darn, buddy. <laughs> I don't want to be involved in this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> what, are we just broadsiding you with these puns? <laughs> oh, my God. That I appreciate. I just yeah. don't like the subject matter of the previous. All right, so. Can one of our drinking rules be about puns? We've done that, I think. I feel like I Probably. would. Probably. Punnel code. We could call it punnel code. Every t- punnel code. Um, every time one of us makes a pun, we take a drink. All right. Cheers. Yeah. And that's about like five or six drinks, I think, so far. All right. That's cool. All right. So those are our three rules. Um. Briefly, they they kind of teach us about laws at law school. Kind of. Sort of. Mostly we learn it on our own. Yeah, and that's the truth. Mostly we learn it on our own. Um, we learn implications in law school. But what is the purpose of an entire legal system, uh, Chris? Um, what do you mean by purpose? Why is it there? 
there are two different ways to answer why. And I don't just mean to be an asshole. Like there's why from a how did this happen perspective. There's a why from a utilitarian perspective. Yeah, what's the – not the how did it happen? How did it come purpose to it? it I think but what yeah, what's the idea. purpose? What's the what's the purpose of a legal system? Right. Uh, Which was the first question I asked. The utility of okay, the, the the utility of having a set of expected behaviors, deviance from which we all um, uh, constructively agree, is not just. Uh, frustrating and annoying but also actually harmful so it's to prevent those things yeah basically we're saying here's the way you should act and not acting this way or rather here are the ways you shouldn't act because not only do we rely upon you not acting that way but if you do act that way it's actually bad for yourself for others just generally bad it creates negatives it creates harms all right and andrew do you have anything to add to that um, or even your own definition, if you disagree with it. I, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm. My definition, or I guess my my approach to this, isn't quite as abstract as Chris's is. Um, I I would say that the, the the practical answer is that the purpose of a legal system varies from legal system to legal system. Uh, different countries have it for different reasons. Um, you know, and, and and the perspective is going to change based on who you're asking. Uh, here in the United States, and and what what I would say the purpose of a legal system is for me, and this is the stereotypically American perspective. Um, but I would say that the, the purpose of a legal system is to ensure a society that is free to the extent possible while still maintaining some sense of stability, uh, some sense of order, and some sense of prosperity. Uh, and I think that's pretty clearly delineated in our Constitution. In other countries, it would be different. It would be to maintain cultural norms and uh, ensure the, the, excuse me, that, that posterity continues on, that you, know, you have the, the, uh, the perpetual state, I suppose. Yeah, and there are um, even um, theological countries, or yes, theological. Uh, I don't know if that answer. States. I don't know if that answer was much less abstract well, than mine. <laughs> okay, you're more the theory guy than I am normally, so that, that fair I, enough. I might, I might be bringing in some bias. I, I don't know how much more abstract we can get from. Well, you know, it's about freedom and order. <laughs> but fair enough. <laughs> All right, so those are those are both um, good answers. Good job. Y'all both get A's on the exam. But I'm generous with the curve. I want a Dean's Award. <laughs> well, I want a scholarship. I want a scholarship. I'm no, I'm no Dean. Answer. I want yeah. a job, actually. Can we make that happen? Uh, that great. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I hear Pakistan is looking <laughs> to hire some people to build a legal system. Okay, alright. How much does that pay? Um, And beer. Oh, okay. Alright. I'm on. I'm on board. All right, so uh, with where are we going? Yeah, with both of your definitions, um, you you point out that there's there's a utility to laws and that it it um, it's used to enact like this all around cultural um, force in a sense. Like it's it gives teeth to this uh, sort of the cultural idea of a nation. Uh Okay. Do you want to disagree, Chris? I just, I have this thing about conflating nations and states. Okay. But I'll just raise that once and I'll let it go. Well, I, I've used nation because nation has a culture. Behind. I know, and that's why I disagree because law is more, law as we understand it, as I understand it, 
is much more about the actions of a state as against the cultural prerogative of a nation. But we don't have to go into that. That's fine. I just, to me, that is a huge distinction. You have cultural norms and cultural mores. You have expected behavior that's based upon like what your elders would really wish from you. And I think that we all recognize that there is a substantial difference between that and black letter law. Yeah, and there's a, this is actually, um, the next subject I want to talk about as the precursor. Um, when I was in undergrad, I took a law and business course, which was the first place where I heard the word tort. And, um, in that class, in one of the first couple of classes, um, he asked a student to come up to the blackboard and draw a Venn diagram of morality and law. Okay. And I feel like a Venn diagram's a very useful tool for this because there's, there is overlap between law and morality. There are laws that are completely based on a moral, um, choice of a culture. Okay. But then there are also laws that aren't, um, based yes. on that. And that's like, um, jaywalking or something. Or even tax codes. Well, anything administrative. Yeah, anything administrative. Um, yeah, easily yeah. point to like, well, here's yeah. the government code, and there's no morality choices really. In yeah, the government you know, code. this is this is the name, and the, these will be the directors, and you'll have three boards of directors, and they'll be these are actual statutes, and they'll yeah. be um, that are yeah, and then hardly you also an ethical have, mandate. Yeah, and then you also have um, moral codes that aren't governed by law, and it's like you can do. You know, they're like faux pas, basically, um, or things, things that like don't are are bad and we don't we tell our children not to do them. Yeah. Um, but it's not illegal. Strictly yeah. Speaking. Oh, totally. You can leave people at the altar yeah. to your heart's content. You can break hearts. You can break. You can be a home wrecker. You can do all largely unregulated is our romantic decision making. You can just roll around and be a total uh, I've I you know what? All of a sudden, I'm very self conscious about cursing on the show. You can be a bad person all you want, and and you can be promiscuous. You we can, have to. No, 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 no. I don't even mean promiscuous. We have to swear at least once for a, for our explicit tag. Okay, you're right. You can. Okay, you can roll around town the worst douchebag around. Yeah, and no one will stop you who has a badge on in, in, in this country. In this country. Yeah, in this country. Unless you sleep so, with God, you know, with the badge's wife, then, then you might get stopped for something else. So you, you will find yourself yeah. the subject of many <laughs> random investigations <laughs> conducted by the state. So here's my question: Then, what do you think in America? Because that's kind of where we understand our laws. What do you think is the trigger for uh, some moral? Um, imperative to also be a legal imperative. Like, why Why is there some overlap, but not complete overlap? What makes something... When is legislating morality okay? That's what yeah, when is legislating morality okay? It is entirely a... Hist- I think it's entirely a historical question of the those forces that wanted to make ethics into law, those forces that wanted to take ethics out of law, the constitutional perspective of the way the balance was struck originally battles back and forth. I don't think that there is a reasoned answer to be had about that question. I think it's all just the state things are in because that's the way they are. Andrew? I suppose 
the truly democratic answer would be that morality come, becomes law when a majority, or perhaps a substantial majority, of the country agrees on what is morally correct. Now, um, okay, I, do, are we being, am I better if I'm closer to the mic? Can people hear me now? Can you hear me now? Okay, um, so, um, I, I, as I was saying, I, I guess the truly democratic answer is that when morality becomes law, when um, when this, a majority or perhaps a substantial majority of people agree on what is morally correct. Uh, that having been said, um, I, I just personally, I, I am very skeptical of moral high grounds arguments, generally speaking, um, it, because for me, um, especially in a pluralistic society such as the United States, what is morally right and morally wrong varies almost from person to person. There are certain maybe universal concepts that we generally agree upon. Um, if, for example, killing is bad. Excuse me, 99% of people are going to agree that killing is bad. But when the question becomes a little bit more abstract, why is killing bad? Uh, the application of that principle, principle starts to vary from person to person. Uh, some would say that it's just bad. You don't have a right to take human life. It's just, you know, theoretically bad. Um, some would say that it's bad because it leads to the destabilization of society. If people can go around killing each other, it's going to be chaos. You're going to end up dead. They're going to base it entirely on practical consequences. And when you start to branch off from that just sort of universal concept that killing is just bad and go into the reasons why, um, then you, you get away, in, uh, in my opinion, from the moral principle argument and you actually get into an economic argument or a logistical argument or whatever else. And, and, and suddenly you're not legislating morality anymore. Uh, when, when you get to that point, you're legislating stability. You're legislating uh, society's economic and, and, and other interests, I mean, et cetera, et cetera. And I use killing just as the example, but you could go into other places with this. Um, prostitution. I, I, I personally don't think you can find a better example out there of legislating morality, especially in today's society, than prostitution. Um, most people in the United States agree, uh, that selling your body for money, uh, selling sex services for money is bad. And that's why it's outlawed in 49 of the 50 states. Um, but that having been said, people disagree on why it's bad. Um, if you walk into a Methodist church in, you know, downtown Beaumont, Texas, they're going to tell you that it's bad for religious reasons that, you know, God said it's bad. But if you walk into, uh, I don't know, like, a um, I can't think of it. If, if you walk into a, 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 a rally for the Democratic Party in downtown New York City, they're going to tell you that it's bad because it, 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 uh, excuse me, it objectifies women. Uh, and so at what point are we legislating morality um, or, as opposed to, or, you know, in terms of different moral codes? Or at what point are we, we legislating, we say, are we saying that prostitution is bad because it has negative effects on society? which are quantifiable in the following ways. It spreads, I don't know, venereal disease, and it, 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 it becomes a, a, a sort of like a lot of people argue you know, with cigarettes and a lot of, the lottery, it becomes a poor people tax or whatever else. Um, and, and so I, that's, you know, just to me, I, I'm, I'm just hesitant to, to, to go into a legislative morality as a, as a concept or as, a, a, as an issue just because it's so... That's such a nuanced thing, and it varies, you know, with so many people, and 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 
the underlying reasons for the moral argument are going to vary from person to person. It's just it, it, it's a, it's a quagmire almost. Well, here's the thing. I got two things to say about that. The first is I really think that you have a much broader view of opposition to sex work than is reflected by the actual views of the population. For example, if you rolled into a Democratic Party rally in New York City and you asked, what do you think about sex work? They may say the thing about it that is bad is that it objectifies women, but they are, we should have it legalized and regulated and there are ways to do it. They may say the current state of it is that it is objectifying the women and dangerous and spreads venereal disease even because of the way it's unregulated and exists in the dark corners of society and in the alleyways. But if we did it better, if we did it almost as if legalization of marijuana, then you could have it like European countries where it causes none of those harms and in fact is a legitimate enterprise and place of commerce. Now, the thing is, that's one thing. The second thing is, and this is more where I would invite a dialogue, although of course you can respond to the first thing, is surely you would agree with me that it's not just about uh, putting morality into law. There are checks that we have, any legal system has between morality and law. There are places where every society will basically say, yeah, we all agree that that's bad, but we're not going to enshrine it in our legal code. And I brought up the example earlier. Surely even more people than would agree that sex work is bad would agree that luring people into a romantic relationship in order to leave them at the altar purposefully is a bad thing. But also, no one's going to criminalize that. I don't know anyone who criminalizes tricking people with your affection. You see what I mean? Like I, It's fraud. Um, unless you're committing some something along the lines of fraud with it. Yeah, that's the thing. We only say it's fraud if it's like, oh, and also you're you're lying in a way that takes their resources. We don't care about taking their affections yeah. and their time. We agree it's bad, but we're not going to regulate around it. We only regulate when there's something else. And to bring y'all together on this issue, and sort of my view is, um, or at least you know, maybe discard that first part, but my view okay. on why we have laws that intersect with morality um, is similar to something Parks said, but maybe a bit more real politic. Mm -hmm. um, and it's that we only create laws to regulate a state. Um, and I don't think that's true. But uh, we create laws that let a state function or a nation function um, in a generally... Uh, like, so that it doesn't break down. Um, we, keep, we keep the car... We keep the car oiled. Um... So we have, we've outlawed things like murder, because if we don't have a rule on murder, um, then people will kill each other and the state will die. Uh, we outlaw... Uh, I don't agree. I think it, I think this is ignorant of the historic, of the historical perspective on this. Well, that's that's because I don't strictly agree with it either. Okay. Fair this enough. is, this is the full extension. So we have sort of, um, a spectrum here where we have, Chris is saying that morality um, is, or morality in law is based on the history behind when the law was passed. Um, we have Andrew saying that that's a consideration, but also there's this consideration of um, we create laws in order to make the state um, stable, functional, um, etc. 
Well, I agree with that too. Right. And then you have all of the way on my end because to make a spectrum, you need extremes. Okay. Um, all the way on my end, you have, um, we only create laws for the functionality of a state and morality is dictated by a sort of natural law between people. Okay. So to take out sort of the individual perspective and make it more clear, you're saying that the spectrum is from law purely as utility, law and morality re, uh, interacting in the same way that cultures and the state might, and law being the manifestation of the nation's morality. Yes. I like it. Good spectrum. Yeah. Great spectrum. Awesome. Excellent spectrum. Parks, what do you think of that spectrum? I, uh, I, I, I think my, my cable bill comes from spectrum, so I don't like spectrums. <laughs> that particular spectrum has been raising my bill every mm, month. Yeah. They've got good customer service, though. Do they? Yeah, Spectrum yeah, is a cable company in Austin, by the way. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, who don't know. everyone who listens to this podcast right now, Brought in this moment, I need you to know this. Call your internet service provider. Call your phone provider. Call anybody. If you're in charge of an account, call them and tell them you're going to move to another provider. Just if let them know. No other provider exists. Well, okay. If another provider exists, let them know. But try it anyway. Do it. Because invariably, you're going to hear like, well, did you hear about our super special new program that doesn't exist, but we just want you to stick around and going to save you a few bucks a month? Do it. Do it. My family does it once every like quarter. It works. Life tips by Chris Bendeman, only on Sophist Symposium or if you're his friend. Maybe that should be illegal. Maybe life tips, life tips by Chris Bendeman should be illegal. Um, <laughs> law number one of Pakistan. Yeah. Okay. All right, so Pakistan. you cannot deceive your cable provider in order to obtain a discount. That's fraud. No, I don't think it's that's negotiation. Fraud. I think it's negotiation. I think I, 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 I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. I mean, you I, should you should roll into there. I mean, be prepared to leave the cable company because you'll probably will get at least the same deal somewhere else. But you know, anyway, we don't have to spend the entire podcast talking about cable negotiation strategies. Let's yeah. talk about Pakistan so, law. That being all this being said, um, let's create. A constitution uh, for Pakistan. Oh, okay. <laughs> and what kind of governing system are we going to use? And just tell me, because if you don't just tell me, I'll argue with well, you. Well, real, real quick, I want to talk about the importance of a constitution. Um, Fine. Because, like, we have we have this sort of reverence in America for our constitution. <laughs> Some of us do. Uh, uh, hashtag for Levinson. Hashtag stupid and dangerous. Even Levinson once did, but. The question, the question is like, why even have one at all? Like, why, why do we need a constitution? I think that honestly, more than anything else, it's just a very seriously taken mission statement for the organization <laughs> that is the state. I'm serious. I think that more than anything else, it serves as a kind of preamble to the rest of the laws that there are. Like, you know, okay, here's a section of the book of laws that says, now, Notwithstanding all to follow, here's what you should know about the the enforcement of laws in the United States. And then, you know, operates the same way. We show up later in court and we're like, yo, there is some conflict between the mission statement and this thing, and we resolve the issue. Yeah, and we've also kind of changed our mission statement over the years. Mm, new birth of freedom, but we didn't one might rewrite say. it. Um, all right, Andrew, do you have... A response? Um, I, I actually agree with that. I, I, I think a mission statement might be 
um, a little too narrow a term. I, I, certainly the preamble is a mission statement because you, you are laying out the purpose for the document and the purpose for the government. I, I would say that in addition to a mission statement, it lays out a foundational set of principles um, and, and that, that are supposed to be the core of all law that follows therefrom, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I might be splitting hairs there, I admit. But um, uh, that the the that would you know the, the the importance of the Constitution I think is um, is exactly that it lays the bedrock on which the government is built um, and I would say and and again this might be the stereotypically American perspective but um, our Constitution specifically lays out the Bill of Rights um, you know these are the untouchable rights so that are secured to the American people and um, it's it's important to have that. Um, uh, it's you know it's simply you know, at least to to maintain a, a again a state that is free to the extent possible. <laughs> um, I'm really sorry, Parks, about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, hang on. This, this what did you, you think I meant? For? I thought you were curiosity. talking about Parks' volume. Yeah. Um, no. Chris was Chris was trying to tell me. Um, to hand him the bottle opener, and I thought he was telling me to turn up Park's volume. Uh, so yeah, fun. it's like it's like the beginning of any like real banger. I turn the headphones up. I, I turn my volume up. Yeah, turn my mic up. up. I'm, turn my I'm mic up real really quick. hoping that the compression and normalization functions on Audacity will uh, resolve this and make it listenable. And if it's not, and you've Listened all the suffered all the way through to here. I am truly sorry, um, but on to on to the point. Chris, do you believe that the Constitution is necessary? Before I answer that, I just want to really quickly say, um, Parks, you should not worry about hair splitting because it doesn't actually matter. I think that a any well prepared, well written mission statement has a core set of ideals that okay. the rest of the documents should be or the rest of the organization's work should be interpreted by. So no splitting hairs there. Two, do I think a constitution is necessary? Um I am I was a little kid in undergrad who was obsessed with marketing and obsessed with branding. I'm all about ideals and being governed by those ideals. I'm all about people and entities and, and endeavors being identified primarily by the ideals that they attach to themselves. So yes, I think a constitution is not just necessary. I think that it's foundational to any successful undertaking. All right, and Andrew, same question. In line with what I stated earlier about the purpose of the law being, uh, you know, ensuring a, a society that is free to the extent possible, but also stable and functional. Yes, I absolutely do think a constitution is necessary because there there has to be some basic set of bedrock principles, which is only alterable under um, the most significant and, and uh, perhaps even sublime of circumstances. Um, and, uh, you know, in order to ensure that uh, you don't get, uh, that, that you don't get a society that's changing the playbook constantly and, 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 and thus becoming unstable and harder to predict and thus becoming an impediment to um, a, a secure, prosperous, free life. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 I think it's an absolute necessity. Yeah. So I agree with the two of you. I think a constitution is, um, necessary. I think that the purpose of a constitution, um, is to, like, you can, you can use it, number one, to say which human rights are incredibly important. If you think there are human rights, that's, that's yeah. If you think that there are human rights, so that's a constitutional one of, one thing. of the 
assignments I had for that law and business class um, was to compare a country's constitution with the U.S. Constitution. And I had the Constitution of India. And the con- American Constitution That's is what, like constitution. a... Huh? That's a long constitution. Yeah, so the American Constitution is what, like a 10-page document? Uh, all told, depending on the size of the page. Probably. Yeah, yeah, t- eight, ten pages, and India's like forty pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and India lays out a ton of human rights okay. within it. Um, and we have the Bill of Rights that also lays out human rights. Um, and I and I kind of like that it's separate. I think that there's something you need to take in consideration of the Constitution is that they're typically very hard to change. Mm-hmm. Um. To the to the point where like and and that's one of the big functions of a constitution is that like we're going to set out the laws that are um almost never going to be changed. Yeah. So while we're on the subject of international constitutions, I'm going to say something real quick, just a little. Okay. A little. Go um, for it. Uh. Okay, I'm so sorry. Help me out with a word. What's that word that means? It's it's just anecdotal. Just a quick anecdote. That was our that was our drinking game last week and you didn't fucking do it at all. And I'm referencing a podcast. Supra? So, yeah. Okay. So Supra. Cheers. Cheers. So a quick anecdote. From my That city- was actually our first drink, like thirty first official drink, like thirty three minutes into the Wow. Show. Wow. Yeah. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, Besides a few puns that we had earlier that I think we drank. We um, took care of that. Yeah. yeah. That was the preamble. Yeah, even though rules normally... That was the mission statement. <laughs> that was the mission statement yeah. of the show. Even though laws don't normally... Um, what's the word for uh, retroact- being retroactive? Oh, um, ex post... Uh, yes, ex-, ex post facto. Is that what they... No, or ex post... It's, no. it's not ex post facto. That's after the uh, fact. Um, that, that's, what I, that's what we mean. Yeah. But, a law that retroactively applies. You yeah. can't have a law applying ex post facto. Yeah, you can't do an action and then the yeah. Congress declares yeah, that illegal. Sorry, yeah, the ex post facto. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I also had my doubts, though, initially. I was like, is that right? Yeah, that, that, that. There isn't... Uh, oh, that is, that is a fun ex post facto. For you to bring to your dinner party. Okay. There, there's another... And that is the punnel code. Punnel code. I feel like okay. saying... Each time we say that, it's also a pun, but... I mean, might as well. My, minor legal question. Mm-hmm. Isn't there another... I, I remember something specifically that I think Blackstone put forward... Okay. ...as a principle of law that he, it's not ex post facto, but it's in the same vein. Um, if you have a... Uh, uh, you have a case from 2016. A new law is passed in 2017. Even though the fact pattern preceded 2017, because you're deciding the case in 2017, you're okay. applying the laws that is in 2017. That I do not think has a Latin basis, but I did handle that a couple of times last summer. That's just a particular rule of construction that exists okay. state by state. So this like is Texas, how law students talk to each other all yes, the time, yes, by the way. Yes. Guys, I yeah. This is why we drink so much, folks. Listener, I want you to understand this. This is our life. If you think that the conversations me, Doug, and occasionally a guest have together are – they seem laughably um, mm. like – what's the word I'm looking for here? Again, I can't think of words. Laughably if they, they technical, seem, laughably angle, laughably fabricated in their complexity and, and uh, sophistication, you should know that the regular conversations we have is what I just started with Parks about – 
Well, state-by-state code, and you know, if you look at the government code, there's a uh, interpretation statute in the Texas code that tells you that any after-the-fact initiated laws do not change the rights you have to pre-initiated laws unless blah, 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 blah. Anyway, sorry about that. So let me give that anecdote now. Good, because I actually forgot where we were. No worries. So in Sandy Levinson's sovereignty class, we got to look at some constitutions from across the world. And I think that this will is legitimately um, – it's on topic for this. It's – so it's germane. So – Was it the germane constitution that you Not the at? germane <sighs> constitution. Uh, that's a drink. I think – okay, here's some examples. I think the Saudi constitution literally says we are so glad to – Form, you know, every constitution has to have that preamble language about like, now we here as representatives of the people, blah, 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 affirm, you know, whatever. The Saudi constitution says, we are sure glad and proud to affirm the, the divine right of the ruling dynasty to have dominion over this realm. And we are representatives of that royal family's commitment to – like that's their constitution. The Pakistani constitution says – or maybe it's the Iranian actually. I think it's the Iranian. Uh, yeah, it's Iranian. The Iranian constitution says we are sure glad to affirm our authority under Allah and the theological uh, tenets set forward by his will. May – long may Mohammed, all that stuff. So they're just – so you've got – okay. On the one hand, you have the Saudi, like, here's a royal constitution, here's a theological constitution, and you roll over to Japan. Japan literally has in their constitution, we will never ever, because we believe no country should ever ever have a standing military at any time. Should never use war. For the record, the Pakistani constitution has a right, a human right to barbecue in it. Okay, no, you know what? Yeah. Let's take this seriously. Yeah, so and I want to say this, this has been our 40-minute preamble. Let's, yes. let's start making the Pakistani constitution. Article 1, what yeah. shall it be? Okay, let's – you know what? We can be silly with this and be serious with it because yeah. I think, Doug, like it's your show. Yeah. But I think one of the best ways to effectuate – I think what one of your points is going to be, let's do what we want to do, silly as it is. And be damn serious about it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, Parks. So let's go. What is the most fundamental human right? The most fundamental human right. Um, well, do we have life. human rights? Hang on. Here's do my... we have human rights? So I yes. wanted I want to do fun human rights, okay. but real quick, I want um, human rights in most constitutions come after how do you make laws? So real okay. quick. Um, what type of governing system are we doing? You have to tell me because if you don't, I will fight with you for the rest of this episode uh, about it. I, 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 for, the, for the sake of we parks. have like okay. 30 minutes left. Parks. parks what kind of government society. do we have? Uh, we're we're going to go with a three-branch American-style system. Okay. All right. Fine. So, Which three branches? Uh, I mean, obviously, executive, legislative, and judicial. All right. Okay. So what does the legislative branch do? Well, uh, so... I, I guess this is, you know, the country that's named after me. So, Pakistan. So, so, so here's what I'm going to jump out to. Um, I, 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 the legislative branch obviously needs to pass a budget. Um, it obviously needs to be able to pass laws, at least with respect to certain subject areas. I might favor a little bit. Now, more here's here's a question for you. And will the geography and um, government of Pakistan, Pakistan, have um a na- uh, nation state divide 
like a federalist. Oh, sure. Oh, like do you have a nation state? Is Pakistan a nation state? Well, will we have like one nation and several geographical states? That's um, my question. So, 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 are we? We're talking about a unitary government versus a. a well, let's not conflict our terms yeah, here, because that is we're that talking is a state like United States. We're talking yeah. So you mean state like that? Yeah. That's not really fair because no one uses that except America. Do you have provinces? Well, I mean, does parks have yeah. provinces? Okay. Well, we have lo- like a government split. Um, I'm a big fan of local control, so I'm all for that, provided the country's large enough. If we're talking about a small country, then no, that doesn't make any sense. That's just overly bureaucratic. But. Is Pakistan is Pakistan a union of states Are like we the United a nation States? Of states. What's the state of our nation? We're not a nation of states, damn it. A nation is a culturally identified thing. Okay. Anyway, should we table this? And yes, we'll table that now. All right, that's a drink. Okay. You're making me slam the table just like Parks, just like Sandy always says. Parks, okay. Are we a fresh new country that is emerging unified in its origin and in its mission, or are we a unified collection of previously sovereign things, provinces, states? What do you want? I, I would say the former. Okay. We are unity. We are. We're coming out of nowhere. We're coming from nothing, and we all are on mission. Yeah, we okay. started at the bottom. Now we're here. All right. There we go. Great. I like that. Excellent. So, what? I'm sorry, Doug. Can you continue this? I'm losing my train yeah, of thought. So, um, what is the power of the legislature? So, as I said, the legislature obviously needs to be able to enact certain laws, at least with respect to certain subject areas. Um, and now, I'm, I, I personally am a fan of a little bit more, a little bit stronger of an executive than I think we have under our Constitution. So, I, I would even go so far as to say that the legislature uh, does not have uh, the ability to, or much ability to affect things like foreign policy. But it does need to be able to pass, uh, to pass a budget. Um, it probably needs to be able to enact regulations for the economy uh, with respect to um, what we generally call the general welfare, but I, I would even parse that out a little bit more into uh, the environment, um, health and safety uh, of mm. people, things like that. Uh, I wouldn't just go with a general welfare grant. I don't like that. Um, and um, let's see. What, what are some of the other powers that Congress has? Well, let, let's just go through them. Like one by one, you've got the Commerce Clause, you've got um, the. Uh, I don't remember. The we're law students, guys. Oh uh, yeah, um, <laughs> we study law. We're we're in our third and final year of law school, and we don't know the Constitution. We straight up. Mm-hmm. Nope. The Tea mm. Partiers are right. We don't know what the Constitution is. Yeah, it's because we're going to a fucking liberal. Yep. Is that what the Tea Party yep. complains about? Yeah, yeah. They, they just they, they complain they, they, about they complain it. Complain about you know the people in the government. They don't follow the constitution. It's because they don't know it. All right. So here's a motion. Um, the legislative branch should come up with a united penal code. Okay. Yes. Yes. Chris, I, I would say that. that but, what's your vote? One penal code, not separated state versus. Well, because we have one unitary system. Yes. Okay, one penal code. Yes, absolutely. All right. 100% yeah. vote. So yeah. I'd, I'd like to focus our discussion this way and do like motions and then discussion. Yeah, please um, do. Just for the sake of time. Oh, please do. Yeah. All right. So 
That's our first motion. Um, Parks, do you have any motions for the legislative system? Do I have any motions in the sense that, like, like mm. constitutionally? Yeah, constitutional. How we are, we are, remember that picture? Okay, so where, motion to add. Yeah, yeah motion to add. Some, okay. Yes. Um, so, so we, we have one unitary penal code, we, and we've got a power to pass a budget. Um, motion. Yeah, to, and I say yay on power to pass a budget. Um, Chris. Excuse me one second. My phone is exploding in the other room. All right. Um, I, I would say that the, So know, Chris has adjourned from this Congress. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Chris, let's pass, forum, let's pass all, forum, guys. let's pass all of the laws while he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew. Okay, uh, so, so I would have a motion to add the power to, uh, pass laws with respect to protecting the integrity of the environment. Yay. Yay. Cool. All, all right. right. That's um, motion to evict, uh, to pass law to evict anyone who doesn't agree with the current government system. Nay. Nay. Good. <laughs> I'm testing y'all. All right. <laughs> Fucking commies, get out of town. <laughs> oh no, they're not evicted. We're we should rehabilitate We're them. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, shoot, Chris, give us a motion. Okay. Um, motion to not. Ju- Sorry. Motion to not just. Give the legislature the ability to pass a budget, but to require that the legislature pass a budget on a reasonable time frame, let's say one budget every two years with the ability to up the the schedule if needed. And if they fail to pass a budget every two years, every member of the legislature will be removed from office and an emergency election will be held. Yay. Uh, yay. Absolutely. Excellent. All right, throwing some shade. Uh, let's go. <laughs> All right, so um, are there any motion for discussion? Are there any core powers of the legislature that you think we've um, not covered? Probably. Uh, probably, yeah. Because uh, let's, let's focus on those real quick. They don't have enforcement power yet. All right, so dis- um, explain enforcement power. The legisl- We've not yet given the legislature a way to require mandate that there will be enforced also we don't have a way that the legislature is put into office we don't have an elective system for all right so elective system let's let's figure out like let's let's do these as motions what okay motion to come up with some system for appointing legislative representatives i like a staggered system Okay. Um, because I think it gives, like, number one, you don't have an entirely new body, so you have, um, some people with experience and some newbies. Um, like, I like the sort of staggered 246, um, system we have in America. I know it's 666, but, <laughs> but, um, like, every two years, a third of the American Congress goes away. Up, up, okay, well, question. they're up for election. Um, yay or nay, term limits on Ooh, the Congress? Great question. Um, you know what? Honestly, nay. Nay. I also say nay. Um, so let's, let's discuss that very briefly. Yeah. Like three sentences or so each. Um, I don't think term limits... Like people, people talk about term limits, but being able to craft laws and being able to make those laws pass is an art, and it requires practice. And I think that's it's very important 
that we have an experienced Congress who's able to practice that art. I think it's more a skill, but again, it takes practice and learning. Uh, arts, and... arts technically are skills. Okay, um, fair, fair well, enough. Maybe a later podcast we'll discuss. I, I was just saying that it's in a broader yeah. category, I think. Yeah. I, I, I second both of those things and add that as a practical matter, if you have term limits, everybody who's in their last term, that basically becomes a vote up for sale. They can do whatever they want. There's no accountability to the people they represent. Well, that's one I way of looking at that. it. Another oh. another possibility is that those who don't have to defend their seat have more freedom to act with their conscience than they otherwise would. But I hear what you're saying. I mean, there's one way of looking at it, and there's another. There's different opportunities for people to either game the system or use it to All actually. Right. So we're not we're not going to have term well. limits. Um, bicameral system or no? No, no. If we've got a, a single house. system of government with no geographical subdivisions, I I don't think it's a good idea to have a, a bicameral system. I would go with just a unicameral legislature. Yeah, absolutely. One single house where all the laws are passed. No joint commissions on whatever the fuck. No uh, no edits between the different groups to make sure that the bills they actually manage to pass end up looking the same. Let's empower our legislator to get things done. All right, motion. Five-year terms. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I so may six-year terms. Six-year? Okay. I don't mind. I, I like your staggering. Yeah. Uh, um, two, four, and six. I mean, and, yeah. you know, class one, class two, class three, like they do in the Senate. Yeah. I actually really like that. Okay. But, and um, it would be very hard to do that with five. Exactly. Because five isn't easily divisible by exactly. three. Exactly. Okay. So six-year terms. Sorry, motion, six-year terms. Nay, four. Four? Four-year terms. So four and then half the legislature is... I, I'm happy with people running for office forever and ever, but I want more opportunities... For the electorate to uh, replace them. All right. So motion four year terms, um, half the legislature each two years. Each two years. Okay, I'll agree to that. All right. So that's our. There we go. That's our um, legislate putting people into office. What's the other? What? So we have. They're able to create bodies of law. Yeah. We have how they're voted in. Oh, um, how are they voted in? Yeah, we don't have how they're voted. Hang on. Yeah, or um, majority, simple majority for each person up for vote. Uh, okay, so like simple majority in each district? Yes. Um, yes, if we're going to go by geographical districts. Or, or, or yeah, no, Jerry. W- w- let's let's pretend that Jerry doesn't exist, so there's no gerrymandering. Okay. Okay, but where I'm going with that is, what, you know, are we going to do that, or All are right. we going to do like the British do it? Yeah. Have it at VA. Oh, Ooh. Uh, parliamentary system. Good question. Parliamentary system or district? Proportional representation. I want proportional representation. I want that too. I'll put I, that I right on the table well. right All right, now. parliamentary system. Yay or nay? Uh, okay, but so what do you mean? representation. So well, that's not... Parliamentary... That's, okay, parliamentary That's not actually how they do it right now. In which... All right, system in which everyone in the country votes for a party. Um... Because I just want y'all to know, the yeah. British system does not operate by proportional representation. All right. That's one so of the reasons they have do, so much dissent. Good. So motion then, um, everyone in the part, everyone in the country who votes votes for a party. That party um, appoints a number of um, representatives, representatives based upon based upon the proportion of vote. Um, Rounded to a certain degree. Okay. I, I, I agree to that on the premise yeah. that this is largely a local control. Even though it is a unitary government, it gives a lot of deference to local cities. Okay. Because the, the, the flip side of getting rid of geographical districts is that if you do proportional representation and everybody's voting for a party, you can have whole swaths geographically in the country that just literally aren't represented 
uh, and you lose the geographical representation. Okay. Yeah, so uh, strong local governments. I um, think broadly, I'll, mm, I don't actually agree strong. I think I think the local governments have a place. I don't know if like strong as against the unitary government. I will say that I think that we should have at the unitary level representation that is virtual in the sense that you don't literally have like this is the borough or the district that elected this person because that's that's incompatible with the proportional representation system but that they all purport they all virtually represent the entire population of the country all right so let's is that table... reasonable yeah that's reasonable I, I, so I, I agree i just say that you know there's a reality there it's very easy to have a system in which Either rural areas are going to dominate because it's a predominantly rural country, and then the urban centers get ignored, or the flip side, the urban areas dominate because they're the, the they have the broad majority of the population, and thus the rural areas get ignored. Are we and doing a district based proportional? Hang on, let's so let's table this discussion just, okay. because of time. Okay. Okay. Um, right. and that's a drink. And let's table while we're tabling things. Let's table the rest of the legislative. Um, again for time because we're at like fifty one minutes. Okay, that's fair. And um. Let's do executive branch. Um, what are the main powers of the executive branch? Let's do motions. All right. So um, motions for each main power. Uh, Chris, you begin. We'll go uh, counterclockwise. Okay, man. Um, what do I want the executive to do? Um, this is a the executive. Round. The executive should have a veto power. Um, I, I I don't know how it should look uh right, yay or nay uh yay uh, for line item veto actually I, i'll go with the line item veto. oh we're going that far i'll go that far. i'll say yay for line item veto i think yay too because i'm a big tribune of the pledge sucker so yeah let's do line item veto all right cool. andrew uh okay so i i think that the uh executive should have virtually unilateral power in foreign affairs almost without checks i mean the, the uh, I, i'm even hesitant to give the legislature uh, the opportunity to ratify treaties. The only reason I say that should happen is because you don't want to, you know, the, the, the uh, executive just go completely off the rails, but, but almost, almost unfettered power with respect to foreign relations. Are we, would you be willing to say the executive gets to do stuff and rather than a requirement for ratification, a sunsetting of that in a very short amount of time, like a couple of years. So like executive can do something. It needs to be ratified within a couple years, for example. Um, so that they have the power. It's just that. Okay. At some I, I, point. I'll tell you what I'll do. Okay. The, the executive can, can negotiate treaties and then, um, the, there's no requirement for ratification, but there's a, a, almost a legislative veto. Oh, I'm sorry. So, so if the status quo is the executive does what they need to do, and the legislature can veto, they have the authority. Like so we didn't two thirds majority. So what do we want? So let's real quick veto. How much to veto? So so I would say two thirds. Two thirds of legislature. Two thirds. I'll agree. Two -thirds like veto? have to pass two thirds. Two thirds veto. Super yeah. majority veto. Okay. All right. Um, my. Uh, my thing, term limits. Um, I'm thinking... Should we decide the length of the terms? Six, both at the same time. Okay. Um, six-year term, no term limits. Aye. Aye. Yeah. 
All right. And real quick, because this is very different from America, why? Do y'all agree? Why does Parks agree with me on this? Uh, I, I, it, for me, it's stability. Uh, first of all, I, I don't mind, uh, you know, this is the national leader. Um, if we're going to have a legislator set, a legislature set up where there, there's at least half the legislature is turning over every uh, two years, um, then, you know, in, in that case, there needs to be some kind of hedge against that on the executive side of things because we are giving the executive um, virtually unilateral power with respect to, to foreign relations and, and, and things of that nature. Um, so I, I, for me, it's just a stability issue, straight up stability. Okay. And Chris? Well, I look at certain places where it's more, it's about more than stability is very legit, very legit answer. I'm not, I'm not going to contest that, but it's also about, I look at countries where governing experience just starts to it just grows and grows and grows and you just have this constant uptick of governing ability. I mean And real look quick at, look at um Um Merkel. real quick, Chris. Look if, at Merkel. If I could say, because we kind of have an obligation at this point to yeah. reference EU four. Yeah. If you ever have a democratic nation in EU four, oh my god. Um you elect you elect a president and each time you reelect him, uh the president gains ability to govern. Yeah. Um. As represented by, you get an ex- extra income of whatever powers, but each time you do it, you also lose, lose democratic tradition. Yeah, Republican tradition. democratic tradition. Tradition. Well, it's not called. It's always Republican it's, tradition. Yeah, it's called EU that. Form. But I want to say, I hear you. Just democratic. But I don't think it's really true. Like, I just, I'm just like, I want my country to be operating in a way so, like, we can have a Merkel who's just like a baller and is a baller for decades. And All right. Just Endlessly um, Chris, able to next power. Okay, um, the executive. <sighs> I want the executive to have the authority to call for a plebiscite. What's that? I want the executive to have the authority to initiate a country, a statewide vote by the people that will have legislative authority. So the executive can say, Do hey, everyone, we're going to vote on if we're going to legalize pot. Or, yes. okay. or whatever. Yeah, with, or whatever. With unlimited, yeah. with unlimited uh, extent of what can be the question in keeping with our democratic traditions and saying that the people are the ultimate power of the state. Yay. So just to go around the legislature. Yes. Okay, sure. I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah, wow, yeah. I cannot right. believe the level of mutual support in this um, room. Andrew, your um, turn. I, I, the, the, I think the executive obviously has to be the commander-in-chief of the military. Yay. 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 All right, and that was shit. That's what so I we was just want to. We're just electing Julius Caesar. We don't give a <laughs> fuck. We're sitting here like, yeah, why yeah, can't um, we have an emperor? And then this is a limitation. Um... How are we going to establish impeachment? And I think this should be the last thing we discuss for now and we table the rest. Impeachment should only be for the commission of a crime. Okay. I think that should be clear. I, I think we, in that case, we use the legislature as the jury. And to conduct the trial, we haven't talked about a judiciary yet. All right. Mm-hmm. But um, we're obviously going to need a judiciary, which is probably going to have to have a Supreme Court. 
and you basically have them sit as the judges. So I think it should be a yearly vote by the populace, but you need 80% people of, to vote for impeachment. I think that there should be a possibility of a vote of no confidence. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I like that. I think that there should be the ability not to impeach based on crime, but rather to say, "Go for Papa Palpatine." Yeah. yeah, I think that we should have a vote of no confidence in the system. Which is okay. I am so sorry, audience, because I will be I will be angry at myself for what I'm about to say tomorrow when I learn more about the subject. <laughs> I think that a vote vote of no confidence is either an amount of abstentions in a straight retention vote on like whether or not the I think the Australian version oh god I hope I'm not making this up I think the Australian version of the vote of no confidence is there's a So vote are you that, saying you have no confidence? I have no confidence in myself right now. That's a drink panel code. I think the Australian version is if you have a there, that there's a vote that goes out about keeping the prime minister in power, and if that vote has a certain amount of abstentions, people who don't vote, who can vote, that that minister is removed because of no confidence. They don't have enough people supporting them. All right, so I let's... the British one's different, but... Yeah, real anyway. quick, let's combine all three of these. Things. Sorry, yeah. I, um, a president can be impeached if they commit a crime and yeah. go through a judicial process, which or, is Andrews, or if um, a certain amount of the populace, I said 80%, but that's negotiable, um, vote to impeach which and i feel like that vote should come yearly um in which and after that vote a special election is held um and then chris kind of had um the vote of no confidence added to that vote so i think that to i think just with your suggestions yeah. say every year a plebiscite is issued do you have confidence in the current executive yeah and if it reaches, if it um, fails by a certain margin, then so we'll forget about how many election. people are voting because I think there's problems with that. Yeah, if we just say if if sixty percent. What do you think? Sixty percent. I think say it should be higher. Confident. I think it should be like seventy-five to eighty. I, I, I was gonna say two-thirds minimum. Two. Yeah, I think two. Let's keep let's it two-thirds. Let's. I don't like two-thirds. I think. Two-thirds good was for the legislature. I, yeah. Yeah, but the legislature are professionals. Like, keep the dim, the Democratic people change their mind all the time. I want our country... I, I think, want... I want and, and we have decided for stability. We so have. So, like, I like 80, 80 or 75%. I, I'm well, going for 75. 75. Let's do... How, how do you feel about that? I just said, I, I want... I want our country to continue to be predicated upon the will of the people and i think yeah. that if our legislature can be uh can work on the two-thirds basis i think that our people can also work on the two-thirds basis and frankly i think that when people understand the consequences of a i am not confident vote you won't end up with the kind of uh confidence ratings in government that we see in this country so how about 70 then because that's kind of in between 75 and 66 okay i think that's a fair compromise I, the, the concern i have i agree with him that people can change their minds on a yeah and so people really do and, change and their minds very, very fast you're talking about ripping out the administration that's there and, and well one person 
Uh, well, uh, yes, one person, but yeah. it's the guy at the top. No, you're right. And, and you're, you're basically saying we're going to replace him, which means you're going to replace the administration as well. You're right. Um, and so, well, I, we don't know anything about yeah. the executive administration. All right, Parker so real quick, yay or nay? Seventy um, percent, nay. But it's okay. You have two. All right, yays. table it. But you have two yays. You can win. Okay, Andrew. Uh, I'm, I'm game. For yeah. All well, right, y'all win. Yays. It's okay. All right. Um, lightning round judicial system. And that's the system we fucking love because we're lawyers, and that's why it's lightning round. I am actually all right with that being a picture-perfect representation of the federal judiciary in the United States. I agree. Um, Me too. Chris, okay, yay. Judiciary. Good. So, federal, copy American Constitution. American federal judiciary. Yes. Okay. Yes. All yays. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Look how much... Well, okay, America... <laughs> World, look how much confidence the young lawyer in America has in their own country's judiciary. Yep. Compare that with anywhere in the world. Yep. So, we're sitting okay, here hang and on. we're here's, fucking thrilled. Here's the one question I have for the two of you, and I feel like it's already answered. But do you think that the populace, again, should be able to vote at like a 70% level to impeach a federal judge? No. No. Never. Good. No. Me neither. All right. Cool. Federal judges, take note. Please hire us. Yeah, federal we would judges. Love... You know what? Straight up, I don't give a shit. I, I don't will... care if it's Gorsuch or Ruth Bader. I don't care. It is if a you're listening to this post. There's three young, lawyer, amazing lawyers who would fucking love to work for you. Yep. Yay! All right. Um, I'll go further. These federal so judges then... should be basically fucking feudal lords. <laughs> they're already placed for life. Yeah, they're placed for life. They're we there give because them, they're legit. How bad do you want this job? Uh, no, dude. But straight up, like this is our this is our maintenance of a system that basically, okay, if there was ever a good part of feudalism, it was the seriously maintained belief that there was a group of people who would just be better leaders if you chilled out and let them lead. All right. Now, in most things in life, that's been outmoded. But I think for judges at the federal level, it's legit. That's all all I want to say. So quickly, because it's 11-11 and my wishes to in this podcast, final thoughts. Um, What do you think about what we've done today uh, for Pakistan? Chris, all right, let's start with Chris and then go to you and then me. Uh, I wish this podcast were a lot longer, and really it should be, honestly, because we haven't delved into into a million things we really should. We haven't delved into the kind of Judeo-Christian traditions that have led these three people to have a particular view of the way things work. We haven't even talked about the systems of morality that would lead us to have the conclusions that we have about law, politics the democratic system, etc. We didn't get to have a full discussion about the system of government that we want to institute. We didn't get to talk about the sort of methodology behind the Constitution that we were going to put into effect. We didn't get to talk about any of the sort of details that would be crucial to talk about if we wanted to have a serious discussion about sort of the important bits of all this. I find it to be, honestly, a pretty particular failure of this episode that it ended up being that all three of us agreed on almost every single measure that was passed. So that's my final thought. Andrew, that's a, an interesting yeah. final thought. Um, I, I, I will name. I, I will. I will say uh, outright that I think we. Uh, I, I'm actually down to do a part two on this episode if, if we if we all agree, um, because I think there are a lot of nitty gritty details that would be actually be fun to get into. Not only what Chris said, um, but also on the side of like the administrative state, and then you know we we've laid out a couple of foundational topics. We've given different subject areas to individual branches. Uh, but I, I would love to get more more into that, go, in, uh, go into more depth. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to give the legislature was public education. 
We never we never discussed that. Um, we we briefly touched on the subject of low. low excuse me. Uh, on the subject <laughs> of local control. Um, and, and, and things of that nature. So I, I would love, really love to explore this hypothetical more. Um, uh, but, but all in all, um, I, I, I think it, uh, I, I'll actually take a different approach to this than what Chris said at the end, which is that we may have all agreed on virtually everything we said tonight, which isn't surprising. We're three white guys all from Texas. But, Damn. um, um, that having been said, I think that is also a testament to uh, the system of government that we have, uh, that that when it comes to the foundational principles of governing, um, we all have enough confidence in an American-like system uh, to 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 replicate that system to some extent. I mean, the judiciary outright, a more limited Congress, more powerful executive, for yes, but uh, but nonetheless, that 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 really says something, and maybe that just says something about our training. We're lawyers, right? As establishment, as establishment, yes, as Chris sometimes likes to say. Uh, but, uh, I, I really think that is a testament. So, all right. And my final thoughts, um, number one, I have a renewed respect for the founding fathers because they basically lived on beer and we've, (laughs) I'm, I'm on my third beer right now, like halfway through it. And I can't even function in this fucking discussion about how our nation should exist. Um, so props to, Hamilton, Jefferson, Franklin, etc. Um, on creating well, Frank Lee, those guys had a lot more experience. With God damn it! That, that's our Just last. Off the last sip, Chris. I mean, got one drop. There we go. Ah, and um, I think it is strangely indoctrinating that we agree on so many things. Um. And I I would like to do this, uh, do a part two on this. So, quickly, um, I I said my topic for the year is expression. And quickly to tie this in, I feel like we've expressed what we like and what we don't like about the government and what we think a government should express about um, the culture of the people it governs. Um, I'm also very fucking drunk right now, and I don't yeah, think I have any, any final kind of sense, man. So, um, Chris, if you could lead us out. Okay. Fine. Um, well. That's all, folks. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning back in. This was a very drawn out and slow to develop kind of episode. I very much hope, I think we all very much hope that we'll be able to do a second part on this because we think that there's a lot here that we can continue to develop for you. We're sure glad that you continue to listen into our show. We think that it's uh, fabulous that we're able to bring you some kind of quality as we go out and enjoy our own nights. And we hope that we are enjoying yours. Thank you so much for listening in and we'll see you next time. Good night.